Welcome, everybody, to episode five of our Love Lived Out podcast. My name is Connor Lauder, and I'm on the leadership team here at 24-7. And uh, we really love these times of just having conversations with people in our community, um, testimonies, stories, discussions around the word, around faith and healing. And uh, today, it's my privilege to have a very special guest. Um, she is our a leader of kids ministry in the church. She's part of our deacon team. She's a friend and a mother in this house. Um, and we have so much respect and honor for her. And we're just so grateful that she would come and share her testimony with us. And we really are excited and pray that you're going to be so blessed by this. So her name is Debbie. And uh, she is awesome, 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 full of life. Um, her story is going to rock you uh, in the best way possible. Um, it re I was undone when I read it. Um, and she's just such a gift and a blessing to this community. So we're going to get straight into it. Um, Debs, maybe you want to just uh, share a little bit about who you are, uh, just share a bit about your family, and, and then we can go into your story. Um, yeah, hi. Um, so my name is Debbie. I'm married um, to my beautiful husband, David. I have three boys, Matthew, Joshua, and Ethan, and um, live here in Gauteng and love God's people. And uh, love this church. So, so thanks good. for having me. So good. <laughs> and a, an awesome family as well with an awesome house. <laughs> Despite water bills and all <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, Debs, I know you've already sent it to me and I've read through it. It's a powerful story. Um, take us from the beginning and, and share okay. with us yeah, your story, your testimony. Okay. Um, so like I said to Connor, um, where do you start? And I suppose the best place is in the beginning. Um. So I was adopted, um, and I was one day old when I was adopted. Um, I spent the first night in uh, actually the doctor's house, wow. um, and uh, then my folks picked me up, and my father was a, a forester, so I was a forester's daughter. Very had cool. beautiful Sitsukama and wow. lots of different places in the country where, where I grew up. Um, so in terms of childhood, it was really quite free and beautiful. Yeah. Um, so when I um, was five years old, um, I was sexually abused by a friend of the family um, and uh, never got to tell my parents I was always mm -hmm. afraid. Um, yeah, just it just happened and sort of put the carpet there, yeah. you know. Um, and then during my teen years, um, it happened uh, three more times with different men. Um, and that really left a huge yeah. hole in my heart, besides the fact that you're dealing with rejection as well of yes. being adopted and all those things. And I'll just like to jump in right yeah. now and say my parents were such good parents. Wow. They loved me. They yeah, yeah. were good to me. They, um, there wasn't an area in my life where they didn't try and work with Come me. On, they beautiful. were good parents. Yeah. Um, they are good parents. My mom's in heaven now. But yeah, um, yeah I, um, I had to have this hole that was in my heart fixed. And so uh, with my dad, my relationship became quite difficult. Um, I don't think he understood me. I didn't understand him. And it made this void. It was wow. um, difficult. Yes. Um, and I, I, I wasn't a, a goody-two-shoes, so <laughs> I didn't try and make <laughs> things easier either. Yeah. Um, Which is so weird to picture 
knowing you now. <laughs> so oh dear, yeah. Um, yeah, so from there, um, I actually left school early. I went was in um, standard eight, sure. like grade 10 now. Yes. Um, and uh, I left school and I went to do a commercial matric to do a secretarial yes. um, in East London. And my first year was in res. Um, my second year, I moved out of res. Um, I was only 18 and moved in with a friend of mine. And that's where my wheels started to fall off yeah. in a big way. Um, and uh, I had been seeing this guy and we were quite serious and... Um, I ended up falling pregnant um, and got quite sick through the whole thing and didn't know I was pregnant yeah, um, sure. until, uh, yeah, uh, I had to go and have an operation and I almost didn't make it. Wow. Um, so, sure. yeah, then at that time um, with the ectopic pregnancy, I was told that um, the damage to my fallopian tubes were so severe I would never have kids again. So that was kind of a a blow. Yeah. Um, but being in that phase where I really, there was so much hurt that I was just trying to mask, put plasters everywhere yeah, yeah, in yeah. your life, you know, yeah. um, that I didn't deal with anything directly. Wow. Um, so I, straight after um, having that operation and being told all of those things, that young man broke up with me. Yeah. And that just sent my wheel spinning, and I became extremely promiscuous. Um, and we were drinking a lot, we were smoking, we were getting high, um, really just trying to numb that pain. The pain yeah. um, and the rejection. And the rejection. Sure. And uh, yeah, then uh, decided to um, move back home. Um, and I got a job in KZN wow. and in a lovely lodge, and uh, but very broken. Um, yeah. But if you had to meet me, I think you would have thought, oh, she's good. She's just wild, you know, like it's right. okay. She just drinks a bit much. Uh, but uh, there was just so much underlying stuff that um, it just was far easier to walk away and keep on moving yes. from place to place. Yes. Um, and then um, my parents, uh, for my 21st birthday, I think I was just too much for them to yeah. handle at the time. And uh, I think I was too much for myself <laughs> to handle at the time. Um, but they said, no, great idea for you. We're sending you to Israel, to the kibbutz. Um, go and get your head right, you know. So, um, and I also mentioned that I during this ectopic pregnancy had also not mentioned anything until sure. after wow. we got married. Dave and myself got married. So, wow. um, yeah, so um, off I toddled to Israel. Grand adventure. It's yeah. wonderful and um, exciting. And uh, got off the plane, had no idea where I was going, had my backpack, and I was ready to just wow. go wherever. Um, didn't know that you actually had to sign up with a kibbutz to go. <laughs> so we just arrived and thank goodness they had big hearts and wow. they said, yeah, come, it's cool. Um, and I, I spent some wonderful time there. Um, I milked cows and worked in the kitchen and washed dishes till the cows came home. <laughs> yes. And um, it was really good, but wild. Mm. Um, 
there's a lot of travelers there and everyone has baggage and yeah. um I think a lot of people are also running, you mm -hmm. know, in that space. And that's not a healthy connection yeah, either. Yeah, a lot of brokenness. And yeah. yeah. Um, and so after I decided, okay, I think it's time to move on now. Relationships and friendships were getting a little bit too deep. So sure. time to move. Um, I decided to go to Tel Aviv and um, just go and work there and meet new people and, sure. yeah, have some fun. So, which we did. Um, uh, stayed in a hostel and, uh, you know, how it worked, you, everyone would get a job and yeah. there would be something on the notice board in the morning and you'd go and wash dishes for 12 hours or whatever it was. Yes. And the, a lot of the guys did construction work and, um, yeah, and so met some really wild people and um, we were, every night we would uh, go to this place called The Church was actually a pub. Not a church. <laughs> Not a church. <laughs> yes. Nowhere near a church. Um, and uh, my friend started dating um, the one guy who um, who owned the place. And uh, anyway, so eventually the party life just got really hectic. And um, I started uh, to run out of money. So I couldn't stay in the hostels yes. anymore so a lot of the people who that happened to they would just go live on the beach okay. um which was a little dangerous yeah. um uh, you kind of had to have your sleeping bag and sleep with your backpack in your sleeping yeah. bag because people would come and steal your stuff and sure. um but it was adventure and i was all for it just yeah. like had to just keep on moving and um eventually we were so skint that we had no money like we were literally <laughs> begging wow. we were we would make up funny stories and go and dress up in ragged clothes and go and beg um wow. and um <laughs> sure um yeah so um i eventually made the decision um to start selling the goods that we were using yes um so we got involved with LSD and ecstasy and marijuana. And I had already in South Africa started yeah. um, marijuana, but nothing, not the other, yeah. the other drugs. And so we started selling mm -hmm. um, the drugs. And it was just night after night. It's all pretty much a blur, wow. really. Um, it was just pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, and... So we had our regular customers that would come um, and purchase stuff from us and we would um, always sample the product with them. Yeah. And uh, and hence another party day <laughs> would evolve from that. But <laughs> <Yes>. um, <laughs> um, yeah, there was this one man. Um, he always came and uh, he never, ever tried the stuff with us. Sure. And it was a little bit of a like, hmm. Yeah, wonder what that's all it's about, kind of thing. Yeah. It is weird, you know, because yeah. um, it's not a common practice. Okay. And uh, so, anyway, he um, he would come and go and bought quite a few things. And the one night, um, we it was pretty hectic, and um, we had sold quite a lot of stuff. Yeah. And uh, but it was weird because I remember a lot of that night. So it, yeah. it in hindsight. Um, we remembered, yeah, thinking about it. But anyway, so this guy, um, 
who was with us and he had purchased stuff and again we just carried on partying and the night rolled by and it mm. was morning again and we were still wow. and <laughs> partying away and um I had just taken my third ecstasy, ecstasy tablet and I was off Frozen, my face. Yeah. 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 And uh, all of a sudden we were in uh, we were in the church and all of a sudden there was this yelling and screaming and a lot of Hebrew being shouted and we were like, what is going on, you yeah. know? And we realized it was a police raid. Yeah. And uh, I was so high that I was really actually trying to dance my way out the door. But <laughs> <laughs> they were so on to me. It was not going to happen. <laughs> so Again, um, I, I can't picture this knowing you now. It's, like, <laughs> it's wild. I love yeah. it. Anyway, so... Um, we were arrested, and yeah. there were eight of us arrested because sure. we had marked notes in our wallets. Oh and man. this man who never sampled any of this stuff, he was actually a policeman. Um, undercover guy, American guy. Um, I'm actually so grateful for him. Yeah. Wow. Um, but uh, the irony was that he had, you know, police sunwear. He yes. had a cap that said police. Oh, no way. <laughs> so, yeah, that was maybe God saying... <coughs> Hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, God and His goodness allows us to go down a road, yeah. and His mercy and protection are still there. But you still have to live the consequences. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so off we toddled to to um, the police station. We had to give our statements, which sure that was hard. <laughs> yeah. <I can> <laughs> Having been quite high. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, so we did that, and then we spent 16 days in the detention center, which really was not much fun. Um, It was hard. Um, You sleep on a plastic little mat that's about this thin, and there's no sheets, no blankets, no nothing. You're just on there. There's nothing, because it's obviously a Mm -hmm. place where there's risk. People can take their lives, so there's nothing. Even the toilet is a hole in the ground. And and a little window there so that if you're doing your thing, people can still oh, walk lovely. past and hello, officer. <laughs> That's not pleasant, yeah. Not pleasant. <laughs> um, but it really was a place where you start to think, yes. you know. Um, and I hadn't told my parents up to that stage okay. uh, what had happened. We were in and out of court and... Um, yeah, so because there was eight of us arrested at the time, yeah. the judge really said, I'm going to make an example out of you because sure. it w- really was crazy yeah. um, in that time. And, and it, I mean, Tel Aviv, if anyone knows, it is a very cosmopolitan okay. place, um, very alive and buzzing. Um, yes. And I think this judge has had enough. Okay. You know, so... Um, the mercy of God, though, because we had decided, if, if my friend that was dating the guy, yeah. and who happened to be um, one of the mafia, the Israeli mafia, wow. Wow. and he had actually wanted her to mule some stuff to Netherlands for her, sure. and she, we convinced her no, and she had said no. Um, all around about the same sort of time, you know. Sure. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, so... Uh, the judge had said, because this is such a big group of you, mm-hmm. um, and it was guys, travelers from all over the world. Um, wow. We were the two South Africans. There was a, one more South African man. Um, and uh, 
Yeah, he said, 25 years, you will not wow. be back, but you're also spending a sentence here. And the one guy got two years, and he had to be in protected custody because um, he was dealing directly with the mafia, and oh so his God. life was actually, um, okay. yeah, at risk. Uh, at yeah. risk. Yeah. And I got a four-month sentence, and um, because of good behavior in the detention center, yeah. they reduced that to two and a half months. Wow. Um, so this is in Israel, prison in, in Israel, Israel yeah. in, okay. in Tel Aviv, yeah. Yes, okay. um, so, yeah, we, um, we went and did that thing, went into the, into the jail, and that was actually not as severe as okay. the detention center. Um, I met, there was a, a group of uh, Russian prostitutes there, sure. young, young girls. Wow. Um, uh, really impacted me. I, I wow. think about them often. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, yeah, so I did my sentence, spent my, my uh, 22nd birthday <laughs> in wow. jail. Wow. Um, yeah, it wasn't much fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shame. yeah, and then um, got back home and uh, really felt now nah, I need to pull myself straight and. Um, when I got into the car with my dad, um, my mom was sitting there and uh, they said, mom has literally fought for her life. Um, she had esophageal cancer mm. and um, they never told me. I think they sure. were worried about m telling me and not being with me. Yes. Um, I think that's the reason. Yeah. And um, yeah, so that just, again, I was like, I can't deal. Yeah. And went straight back into the drugs, the promiscuity, the drinking, um, just to numb that. Because yes. now what do I do without my mum? Wow. Who's always there, wow. has always loved me um, through all of it. Yes. You know, um, even though she didn't know most of it. And I sure. think maybe she did know. Some, yeah. You know, mums know. Yes, <laughs> they definitely do. Yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, so got back and then... Just again, traveling Wilbury, um, really just uh, wherever I could go um, and try and fill that hole that mm -hmm. was in my heart. Yeah. Um, and eventually I moved to Cape Town. Um, I found a little place in Hart Bay and uh, moved around a little bit there as well, but eventually ended up um, with the most amazing lady, and I don't even know if she's alive anymore. Her mm. name is Marion. And she started to pray for me. Um, wow. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful woman. And uh, at that time, um, I also met David. And uh, he had come down from Johannesburg, um, and a friend of his was dating a friend of mine, okay. so it was kind of like a holiday thing. Yeah. And um, yeah, and then I, Dave and I started seeing each other, and um, I fell pregnant. And it was complete unbelief because I had been told think, yeah. I cannot have kids. Wow. This is not happening. I actually made them do the test three times. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. This can't be. And and it is. God is. He's sure. so good. I mean, we have three beautiful boys. Yeah. Um, and then in that time, uh, my friend in Cape Town, she had got saved. And I was still very much one foot in, one foot yes, out, kind yeah. of like, yeah, I know. No, I know. He's got my number. Yes. Um, but, yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, it's, but yeah. it's still wild. <laughs> yeah. 
And, um, and she said to me, today we've got a jubilee at our church. And um, I was like, what's a jubilee? I had mm -hmm. no idea. The name of the church is also jubilee. So yeah. she just said, no, we are giving a sacrifice to the Lord. And I literally was smoking my cigarette on the yeah. way there. And I was like, okay, <laughs> you want this, God? And I literally wrapped my little cigarette box, my Peter Stuyvesant, <laughs> in my little yellow piece of paper she had on the floor of her car. And um, I put my, my lighter inside there, and I put it in the box at the church. Wow. And there was something that just changed. Like, wow. from that moment, I had tried many times to give yeah. up smoking. Yeah. And from that day, he just took the desire wow. away. Took wow. the desire away. That's incredible. So... Yeah, that's, uh, then um, obviously now I was pregnant and Dave and I are not married yeah. and just not doing this the right way at all, <laughs> story of my life. Um, and God in his mercy hmm. just came in and just restored, wow. you know. Yeah. He restored my relationship with my dad, um, actually, ironically, through my own children, wow. just seeing him with my own children. Sure. Um, and, yeah, just really, um, I just can't get over his goodness. Yeah. can't get over yeah. how good God is, even when you have been out and doing all those things that break his heart. Yes. Um, he is just so lavish yeah. in his love for us. So good. Yeah. So good. And when you got saved, what did that look like? What was... So... Um, getting saved was not a, wow, it was this day, this moment, this time, this date. Yeah. It was a process for me. Um, so sure. um, being pregnant, uh, mm -hmm. Dave said, well, come up to Joburg and let's see what happens. Yeah. You know? And I moved in with his parents. And I was very much a person who, um, if I spent too much time with you, I would kind of laugh like you. I was, okay. uh, you know, like... It, very impressionable. Yes. Um, yes. And being up here in Joburg, I didn't know a single person. Yeah. The only people I knew was David and his parents. Wow. And I moved in with his parents. And during the week, Dave would go off to work um, up near Tabazimbi and come home on the weekends. And in the evenings, when Dave's parents got home from work, we would just talk about Jesus. Wow. And I think from that point, I realized this is what I want. This wow. is, this fills that hole in my yes. heart I've been searching my whole life for. Wow. Um, and it broke a whole lot of stuff off, you know, mm. just, just his lavish love. Yeah. Um, and they, they taught me how to love right, Come you on. know. Wow. And yeah, so That's it incredible. wasn't a it wasn't this yeah. big day. Like just it, a moment it was a process. A gradual process wow. of learning who he is and what he can be for me. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. And I remember you you said um you had a moment in worship where it was like the pleasure of God that you felt was like even better or you said it was a similar feeling to yes. what you felt when you were on was it ecstasy? Ecstasy, yeah. But you know, like way more fulfilling. Yes. Tell us about that yeah. little So uh for any of the people out there who have um, experienced ecstasy, it is known as the love drug. Yes. And um, it it gives you the most euphoric feeling. And for me, I just, 
it filled that gap, that wow. hole when I, but momentarily. Yes, for a moment, um, yeah. And it makes you feel loved. It makes you feel cherished, yeah. all those things. And um, after moving away from that and coming into church. Um, Not the bar church, the real Not church. Not yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the real church, <laughs> his church. Yeah. Um, uh, in worship, just experienced this a momentary, like, oh, I actually had to open my eyes and go, I'm not back there. Wow. <laughs> I'm actually here. Because it was this sense of being so lost in him wow. that it it was like that exact same, it was like the switch, this exact same feeling yeah. like I was on ecstasy again. Yeah. And that has happened to me three times since then. Wow. So um, I just love <laughs> how he can yeah. transform what the enemy has brought um, to discredit what God has already given us. Yes. Um, he has that realm of pleasure and yeah. of delight in you yeah. is there for us. It's there yeah. for us to enjoy, to lavish our love upon him and mm. be f uh, adored, you Come know. On, man. So good. Yeah. And... Uh, yeah, the enemy is a liar. <laughs> yeah. Come on. He's it's a counterfeit. Liar. Yeah. Yeah. Fake. Yeah, he is. I love that. Yeah. And I mean, now you're on fire for Jesus. You've been saved or walking with the Lord for uh, roughly 22, 23 years. 22, 23 yeah. years. So a long time. Yeah. You know, faithful, seen God do amazing things, traveled to nations yeah. for the gospel. Yeah. And you said next year is the end of your 25 year. Ban yes. from Israel. Yes, the end of this year. End of this year. So yeah. you can actually travel back into Israel from next year. Yes. And God can do redemption and He can. And that's my heart. Wow. Yeah. I really want to do that. I, I felt um I actually have been counting the years and how many more? And it's this big family joke, you yes, know. Yeah. Um wow. but I really feel like there is a redemptive call. Come like on, I, I want to go and even apologize to the land. Wow. Um because wow. Yeah, um, I just really feel that that's what the Lord wants me to do um, and go and be restored even more because I know yeah. that there's layers, you yeah. know. Yeah, um, Yeah, and God is just good. And yeah. I know it will happen at the right time when yeah. he opens it and makes it available. I, love that. I think what's the biggest, like, <laughs> wow factor of your testimony is knowing you now and knowing you actually for most of my life, mm. but never knowing that part of your story, just knowing who you who you are in Jesus and who you've become mm -hmm. in the Lord and seeing that. And then you, you hear the story and you see this radical transformation and knowing that that's what the love of God does, you know, um, and knowing your family and your children and just like the hand of God that's on your family um, and just the promises of God mm -hmm. over your life that actually even, mm -hmm. you know, as hard as we run away from those things that God's promises are true and, yeah. and you know, he, it's his word and he's spoken that over us and he's going to perform that in our lives. Yeah. And I just love that. I think that's such a, a beautiful, um, you know, testimony and, mm. and not just for you and your own life, but for others as they listen to Absolutely. this to say, that's for me, mm. that I can actually, and maybe that's something beautiful is what would you say to somebody now who's, you know, in maybe immense darkness and they just feel like I'm just lost, I'm broken. Uh, like you said, I'm, uh, I don't want to go deep with anybody. I'm just running. Mm. Um, and I know for most people in that place, you don't even feel like there's much value to your life anyway. Yeah. But what would you say to a person like that now, you know, having journeyed what you have? So, um, sure. I, I would just actually say to you, stand still. Wow. 
just stand still because the Father wants to speak to you. Mm. The Father delights in you. The Father wants to bring change in you. And even though you don't see your own worth, Mm -hmm. He does. And He loves you. And I would, I would say to you to listen, to really, really listen. Because even, you know, being in the jail system and going through all of those things, um, God is still trying to speak. Mm. <laughs> he is trying to speak to you all the time. And we just have to like, really, really lean into what He is saying. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I have been, I've been that prodigal daughter. I, I am a prodigal daughter. And I have been in the place where you're eating the pig slop and you are really, you feel like your life is not worth living. And there's ache and there's hurt and there's pain. But God can come and restore it all. And he does if you just allow him to do it. Um you see, God had to take me out of that situation, Connor, and he had to just say, I had to get away from all the people that have an influence in my life. I had to um, be quiet. I had to have no other external voices shouting mm-hmm. and just hear about the love of the Father. So just hear what he has to say about me. Yeah. The real truth, yeah. the higher truth. <laughs> that, is, that is what... Mm-hmm. He wants to say to you. Yeah. And it's okay. Yeah. There's nothing that can separate you from the love of God. Yes. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing you've done. Nothing you've thought. No experience you have experienced. But the love of God yeah. is just, it wipes away all of those things yeah. and brings healing and restoration. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, I really feel that this, um, this podcast, this session, it's going to find the ones Amen. who need to hear this. Like, I, I just can feel the presence mm-hmm. of the Lord on it. And, um, and so even now, like, I want to prophesy mm-hmm. um, together over mm-hmm. those people and actually say that these words, mm-hmm. that this story, that this podcast is actually going to find you. Amen. And that you're going to stumble across this. And if you're in that, that dark space and you've been listening to this, that actually right now, the love of God yeah. is going to tangibly come upon you and fill your bedroom and, and minister to your heart the peace of God. I, I feel like yeah. for the first time in your life, you're going to feel true peace Amen. come on you right now. And just as Amen. Debs was sharing what you said now, it's like you don't have to figure this out. You don't have to run anywhere. You don't have to uh, think too hard about this. Just stand still and listen. And the Father wants to speak over you and He wants to tell you who you are and who you've always been to Him. And even though we run away from that identity, he's speaking that over us. And um, I'd love, maybe, Dev, just for you to pray over mm. anyone, everybody that's going to listen to this, um, and specifically those that are going to respond to what you've mm. just shared. Uh, maybe just release something over them and okay. let's bless them. Yeah. Sure. Awesome. Uh, Father God, sure. We just thank you for your presence, yeah. Thank you that, Lord. You are the one that is hovering over, Holy Spirit, you're hovering over those that are listening, that are paying attention. Lord, you are hovering over those that are too busy. Lord, you are quietening those that need to hear. So I just want to declare in this prayer over them, Father, that, 
Lord, your lavish love would overtake them. That, Lord, your goodness would surround them. Thank you, Lord, that you would bring them into a place of restoration, Father. Thank you, Jesus, for... Lord, we just call the prodigal sons and daughters home. Thank you, Jesus, that, Lord... They might be in pig slop right now, Lord, but you call them in and you put a ring on their finger and you put a mantle around them, Father, and you welcome them into the feast. So, Father, we thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for everyone, Father God, that is in a dark place, that is in a place that um, where they are also asking questions. And, Lord, I just thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you that you are with them, Lord, and that they're not alone. They're not alone, Jesus. There is a way out. If he can do it for me, he can do it for you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I actually feel like there's going to be people listening to this that um, you've never given your life Mm -hmm. to Jesus. And I just think uh, after a testimony and a story like that, um, there's an invitation from the Lord to come out of darkness, out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of light, the kingdom of his beloved son, Jesus. And, um, you know, Jesus never asked us to say a prayer in order to get saved. He asked us to believe. But we can confess with our mouths what's happening in our hearts. And if you right now are feeling that draw, that invitation in your heart to give your life to Jesus, Mm. then right now, just pray with us as Mm. we lead you in prayer. Um, You can pray just the the language of your heart. But if you want to repeat what I'm saying, if you don't know how to pray and you just want to repeat what I'm saying, you can do that. But really, this is all about surrender, just giving your whole life to Jesus and knowing that he loves you and he's forgiven you. Um, and he's forgiven you so that you can forgive and release others and walk in freedom for maybe the first time in your life. So just pray after, after me. Lord, I just come before you now and I give you my life. Every single part of my life, every broken piece, every broken memory, every little bit of hurt, every bit of pain my successes and my failures, I I bring my life to you and I lay it at your feet and I say, thank you, Lord, for your forgiveness. Thank you that you have forgiven me once and for all. You've forgiven my past mistakes and sins. You've forgiven maybe the sin that I'm presently in and you you have forgiven every sin I will ever uh, commit in the future. And I thank you that that beautiful um, act of love and mercy that you've poured out over us I thank you, Jesus, that I am your son or I am your daughter and that you have chosen me, that you love me, that you've loved me from the very beginning, that you have never taken your eyes off me. You have never forgotten me. You have never forsaken me. You love me and I receive your love today, Lord. I receive your mercy. I receive your forgiveness. I'm not going to ask the question of how could you forgive me because your grace is amazing and your love is unending and your mercy is relentless. And so I thank you for your forgiveness. And we just, we, we stay in a place of thankfulness. Thank you for your forgiveness, Lord. But Lord, I also thank you that not only are you my Savior, but you're my Lord. And that you've invited me into your kingdom. That I can come into your kingdom and live a life that is in Jesus, in his purity, in his mercy and love. And that I can be obedient to you because of what you've given me. 
And so I want to live a life of obedience, Lord. I want to give my whole life to you. So I thank you, Father, that you are leading me into truth. I ask that you fill me with your Holy Spirit, that you give me faith to live the Christian life. And I thank you that every decision that I make from here on out, I surrender it to you as Lord. And not only that, but I'm so grateful that you're my Father, my Mm. Heavenly Father, that you love me, that you're a good Father, that you are, are not like earthly fathers. Even the best earthly fathers still make mistakes, but you make no mistakes, yeah. Lord. That our lives are not a mistake. Mm. And that you turn all things for good for those who love you, Lord Jesus. Yeah. So I thank you that you're turning this for good. Holy Spirit, come and minister to us. Come and fill me right now in Jesus' name. And uh, I just give you my life and I commit my life to you forever. And I thank you for eternal life that I've received right now. I thank you that you are my journey, and my destination, Jesus. So in faith, we just give our lives to you completely in Jesus' name. Father, I pray right now for anyone who's been praying with us this prayer, Lord, and even in their own words, I just thank you for your presence that comes on them right now, that the affirmation of the love of God would just be on their lives and and that their minds, their their thoughts would go silent right now and that they would just hear your voice speaking, this is my beloved son, this is my beloved daughter in whom I'm well pleased. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to achieve it. You don't have to do anything. It's the free gift of a father who loves you, who gave his own son to pay the price that you deserved so that you could be like his son and have intimacy and relationship with the Father. So I just I release your anointing right now, Lord, over these people. Uh, and I just bless them in Jesus' name. I also want to just say, if you've been praying with us, um, and you do not have a local church or a spiritual family to belong to, then Debbie and I want to invite you to contact 24-7 Church, whether it's via our Facebook page or via our Instagram page. If you want to email us, you can email info at 247church.co.za. We would love to connect with you. We would love to go on a journey of discipleship with you where you can encounter and discover Jesus and become a part of God's family. So we just want to say we love you. Um, Debs and I, such a privilege to share with you. Thank you, Debs, for sharing your story. I believe so many people are going to be touched by this. Um, I'm wrecked (laughs) right now. Um, But we just want to say we love you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. And uh, just continue encountering Jesus, even after you've listened to this. So we bless you, and we'll see you on the next one.